Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another new episode of Growing Up Gay with Vaughn and Malik. What up, you guys? It's your boy Vaughn. And it's the one and only, yo, Malik. Um, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm going to be very transparent. <clears throat> so if you hear me clearing my throat, or if I sound nasal, or if I sound any kind of way, it's because I am sick. But we're here, we're queer. And we're going to make this shit happen. Yeah. So, Malik, how have you been since the last time we recorded? What have you been up to? Oh, man. I've been up to a bunch of everything. Packing my apartment up. um, Yes, because you're moving. Finally moving tomorrow. Getting this out of the way. You know, uh, working, teaching my yoga. How has that been going? I've been seeing... You've been, like, teaching some early classes. Like, (laughs) some super early classes. Yeah. So, I was teaching at 6 a.m., and I was teaching, and I, and I teach at 10, so I was teaching some, uh, an early morning class, but we're not going to do that anymore. Um, yeah, so that early morning class is dropped, <laughs> thank God, because I was so tired of getting up at 5 um, to be there at 6, which is too much. So that's done. Yeah, that's a lot. Now I'm just teaching one Saturday a week, which is awesome for me. Um, well, where can people come learn? With you yeah, guys? you guys. So come out to Sacred Thread Yoga. It's in Hapeville. I'm at the Hapeville location. Uh, I teach every Saturday at 10 a.m. It's a heated class, heated vinyasa. It's suitable for all levels. So whether you are new to yoga or a seasoned practitioner, it's something for you. Um, this month, our, our theme is tapas, which is... Ooh, topless. Right, right, topless, right. (laughs) So our theme is topless, which is a niyama. And what it means uh, is something that you want to do away with. Um, And and, and topless is most uh, related to fire and heat. So it's, you know, related Mm. to being disciplined and burning away things that could be impure. Um, So that's our theme. And all of my classes are kind of centered around that for the month of September. Uh, and I just finished the budget that I was talking about last week. It went. Oh yeah, how did that go? It went really well. I got great reviews. Um, you know, you have to be within a five percent margin. Well, mm-hmm. well, yeah, margin of error. But you obviously won't know that until the next year when we get the the standings and the outcome of, um, whatever next year this time I'll know like if I was in that five percent. But I'm sure I was. But my boss really right. liked it. Uh, I presented it and um, for all of our VPs and presidents, and it was really well. So I had a nice week, you guys. How was your week, Vaughn? Um, <laughs> my <laughs> the past week for me has been raggedy, <laughs> raggedy as ever. Um, like I said, I'm sick. I don't know what. Let me tell you something. I feel like. I don't want to say God, but I feel like the powers that be have it out to get me. <laughs> like I don't know what I did. I don't know. I don't know what kind of like bath I need to take or like prayer I need to say, but like every time I like try to get back into the gym, something happens. Like, th- like two weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get back to the gym because like I really want my body to you know like be more together for my birthday and da da da. Go back. I had a great first day back. Like did a full body workout. Had like an excellent excellent workout. Went back the second day and I was like, I'm gonna do legs, you know glutes and back kind of focused on that area had a good workout up until the very end i decided i was gonna max out on the um not the squat press but it's like the standing squat press i don't know what that machine is called but i love it 
Um, <clears throat> so I was like, I'm going to max out, you know, make the weight a little bit heavier than normal. Did four of the five reps that I was going to do, of the ten reps that I was going to do. And when I went down to, to do number four, I changed, like, my positioning of my squat. <laughs> and <laughs> all I'm saying is, I came up <laughs> and so did whatever the fuck was going on in my back. <laughs> and, <laughs> like... <laughs> I came up and my back went with me, bitch. Like, it was not. <laughs> like, I felt that shit instantly. I was like, what the fuck was that? And, like, I said, okay, maybe, like, I can push through. Like, I went down for number six. And number six was like, no. <laughs> like, number six was like, sis, no, your back is done for. And then my back, like... My back hurt so much for the rest of the day. And I went at nighttime because it was my off day. And then, like, for the next... The next morning, I woke up and I was just, like... My body was, like, no. <laughs> like, oh, you wanted to... Like, you wanted to max out. Well, bitch, you've maxed out. <laughs> like, there's no more... There's no more work... No, there's no working out. And my back hurt for, like, three days. Oh, you should have called me. We could have some yoga together online or something. And you know what's funny? I was... <laughs> I bought a yoga mat, like I told y'all. So, I was trying so hard to stretch it out. But I really have to be more intentional about stretching because it's something that I used to take very seriously and I used to be like a lot more flexible than I am now. Um, <clears throat> so I need to get back into that. But that happened two weeks ago. So that threw me off for like a week. So the other day, okay, so mind you, this weight loss journey, I've never taken any kind of supplements. I've never done like Herbalife. I've never done any of that shit. I've never even taken a pre-workout, right? So I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm at my the last stretch. And this last stretch has been beating my ass. Like, I've lost like 90 pounds. But for the for whatever reason, this last 15, I'm trying to get off, last 20 and tone up, I'm trying to do, is taking literally everything that I, ha- I have in me. So I was like, you know what? I see everybody else doing, you know, pre-workouts. I was like, put your pride to the side. You know, stop trying to be, like, Miss Natural Invincible Bad Bitch. And just, like, take a pre-workout. See what it does for you. Like, maybe it'll push you over the edge and, like, get you to where, you know, you're trying to be. You know? So, I I've, I watched this girl on YouTube by the name of Amber Martin. Um, she uses this thing called EHP Lab or EPH Lab. I think it's EHP Lab. And um, I've seen a lot of, like, the fitness people that I follow on Instagram. Uh, they, Katya Elise, uh, or Katya Henry, I think is her name. She also uses it. It's a supplement. Well, it's a company called EHP Labs, and they have a lot of different products from, like, protein shakes to, um, like, health bars and um, pre-workouts. So I was looking at different pre-workout options, and I saw that both of them use it, and both of them have amazing bodies. And Amber uh, um, just lost, like, well, not just. At this point, she's, like, seven months into losing the 30 pounds. And, like, she's maintaining, and her body looks amazing. She was just a little thick. She was never fat. She was just thick. And now she's, like, slim thick, and her body's amazing. So I was like, okay, you know what? They're using pre-workout. Let me let me fuck with this pre-workout thing. So I, I did some, you know... Some review. I watched some reviews. Uh, did some research, trying to make sure you know it's nothing crazy. On up and up. And from the stuff that I was seeing, it was mostly positive. There was only one girl that was. She was like, uh, well, there were two girls that kind of made me a little weary. Um, one, she I, there was this white girl, and she was saying like how it makes you crash after you know like it gives your initial boost. You crash, and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense because it's an energy booster. So. You kind of crash. So I said, let me be apprehensive. And I just bought like the sample kit. 
which is the milkshake and two pre-workouts. Um, and they give you different flavors. Now, I will say this. That shit is delicious. Mm. What, what, what flavor I, did you have? I bought... I was just going to see if I can find it. Um, okay, here it is. It's EHP Labs. Yeah, that's what it's called. So, I bought the... Uh, I'm, I'm trash. I should have figured this out before I got on here. Anyway, the flavors that I bought were really good. It, one of them was like a, a guava, strawberry passion something something and the other one i haven't tasted because bitch when y'all hear what happened to me you'll know why i haven't tasted it so i i get the pre-workout now and i spent the day like chilling because i was like i'm gonna work out at nighttime i was cleaning my room all that extra shit uh by the way i've been i've been obsessed with funky deneva and um t.s madison they are i mean i've always watched um funky deneva's videos but them together on the queen's part something yeah, on the Queen's Court. Something about Miami. Miami produces, like, the best... The trashiest people. The funniest motherfuckers. <laughs> like, Deneva is hilarious, and he's intelligent. Maddie is hilarious. Kid Fury is hilarious. Like, something is in Miami's water. Like, the queer people there are just, you know, hilarious. So, anyway, I take this pre-workout now, and I'm like, oh, bitch, this shit tastes good. Like, honestly, EHP Labs, Yahoo's can, like sell that shit for like barbecues <laughs> like it is so like when i tell you you can squeeze some like uh some lemon in there and like serve it at like a, a cookout and people would drink that shit up it is actually so delicious are you putting milk right? in it no 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 i did mine with water okay. it's just like a it's like a it's like the crystal light thing oh, the pack that you just pour okay. in the water okay it's like, a it's like one of those situ- right okay. it's one of those situations so you just put it in the water and you shake it up so i drank it and i was like oh this is delicious and i kept waiting for it to like give me a surgeon because everyone's like oh when you take it it like you know you feel it immediately your body gets jittery and da 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 and i was like i need this because i was like i was tired and i was going to the gym in the evening so i was like i just i just want the extra energy because i honestly don't want to go um so i took it and i didn't really feel anything at, like I didn't like nothing happened. I, I was <laughs> I took it and I was watching like continue watching T S Madison and um Deneva and I was waiting for it to like kick in but it never kinda kicked in. So anyway I started going to the like walking to the gym and like naturally just started running. I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> I, t- I totally planned on walking to the gym. But like it gave me energy so I ran and I had like a really good run. Now, now I will say it wasn't anything super different from my like non pre workout run. It was a little, maybe a little bit stronger of a run, but it wasn't, like, a mind-blowing run. So, anyway, I get to the gym, go on the treadmill, do my workout, had a had a really good workout, um, and towards the end of my workout now, bitch, when I tell you that shit makes you crash, oh, my God. So, I'm on the actual squat press, not the one where I fucked up my back, um, and usually when I get on the squat press, I do three different sets i do one set with four 45s on each side so eight 45s and then i do another set with five 45s on each side so 10 45s and then i max out with uh six 45s on each side which is 12 45 it's a lot of fucking weight either way it's a lot of fucking weight my legs i keep telling y'all my upper body's trash but i'll kick the shit out of you (laughs) so anyway (laughs) so anyway i like I'm doing my, I get to like my, the, the 545s, I do the first set, fine, prepare to do my second set, and I'm like, whew, I am tired, like, I'm, I'm feeling like the workout, but I had been in the gym for at that point for like two hours and maybe 
10 minutes. So I'm like, it's not surprising. that. And I, and I really had a really good workout. So I was like, I'm not surprised that I'm tired. So I was like, anyway, just finish this last set of fives, then do your sixes and like, get the, you know, you get to leave. Baby, <laughs> I didn't make it to six. I started doing the last set of my fives and my body was like, no. <laughs> my body was like, not today, bitch. Go home. So I started feeling a little lightheaded. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to push myself anymore because I hadn't eaten that much. Anyway, I've been eating lighter or trying to eat lighter. So I was like, this feels not good. So I was like, let me get up. Bitch, when I tell you I got up, but I didn't get up, <laughs> like, <laughs> I got up and instantly sat back down. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, my body was done. And I started walking up the steps at my gym. And <laughs> it's <laughs> I normally jog up the steps because it's like a quick little thing. Bitch, each step felt like I was climbing Mount Everest. I was, I was done. Like, my body was crashing. And I didn't realize how bad it was because like I said I, I jogged to the to the gym and I jogged home from the gym so I walk out the gym now and I'm like whoa I feel this shit like I need to get home and I walk across the street and I was like oh my god I feel like I'm about to faint Damn. <laughs> I was like this is not this is not good and I felt like I was gonna throw up throw up at the same time so I walk past this bodega and I just had to sit down. <laughs> like I had to stop and I sat down and I was like, bitch, you are like sitting on the ground in front of a bodega, sweaty as fuck. You look like a bum. <laughs> like I felt I felt like such trash, but my body was I literally could not move. I was like, yo, this is not good. Like somebody could come up to me right now and like punch me in my face and I could not do and I had no energy. Wow. Like no energy at all. So, so I, <laughs> did, did, you, did you like work out too long? You think maybe? No, it's because it makes you. Cause that's the thing. I've had longer and harder workouts. I didn't even get to finish my squat presses. Like I, it really, it was a normal workout up until the squat. Like I didn't get to finish my squat press. It was a, it was a bit of a heavy workout. Like I'll be honest, but it wasn't anything that like I wouldn't do. Like I've done heavier workouts on, you know, without the the, the pre workout. And I've been fine during those. So I'm like, I don't know if it's because I ate a little bit light and I took a pre-workout and I had, I don't know if it was like all those three things combined, but bitch, my body was out of commission. <laughs> so I, I was laying on the, so not laying, but I was sitting on the ground and I was like, I need to lie down. But I was like, bitch, I can't lie down. I was like, you are not going to fucking lie down in the middle of the Bronx on the street outside of a bodega, bitch. Like you, you have stooped to some lows, but you are not about to stoop to that kind of low. So I sat there telling myself, like, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. Just get up and walk home. So I got up, and I started walking, like, really slow. But I was like, okay, I feel, like, normal. I feel not normal, but I was like, okay, I feel better. I was like, I just need to get home. All I kept saying to myself was, get home. You need to get home. Because I felt like I needed to throw up. And it is not cute to throw up in public, like, at all. So I was like, I need to get home. Like, I got to make sure I get home. So, and I was going to call an Uber, I don't know why I didn't. Like, I really... Well, to be fair, I didn't want to throw up in the back of somebody's car. And I also didn't want to... Like, I couldn't stand still and wait. It made me, like, anxious. <clears throat> so, uh, I got home, started walking up the steps, damn near tripped, trying to walk... I, bitch, I had... Let me tell you something. I am never taking a pre-workout again. <laughs> never in my fucking life. And then I woke up the next morning sick i had a cold like out of nowhere and i never i don't get sick i'm not i'm not a sickly person regardless of the fact that i'm allergic to like a thousand different things but i don't get sick like that 
So I woke up the next morning sick. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking over it. I don't know what the cosmos have against a bitch trying to get fit. But like something always happens right like when I go back into the gym. And I don't know what it is. But I will say this much. I, you bitches are never getting me to take a pre-workout again. Ever. And it's funny because when I first took it, I was like, bitch, I don't feel anything. And I was like, maybe because like I was watching all these little white girls. You know, take take this pre-workout, and I'm a big six-foot-two ass nigga, and I was thinking maybe, like, I should have taken a strong... I'm so happy I didn't, because I was, I was actually going to double the portion that I took, because I didn't feel anything, so yeah. I was like, maybe I need to take more, but I'm so happy I didn't, because a bitch, I would have died. <laughs> like, I would have died, so... I'm so I'm so happy that you're safe and not, like, kidnapped. <laughs> Outside of the bodega, right? Like that. Bitch, some some somebody could have saw me outside the bodega and be like, "Yeah, let's kidnap him," or like, "Let's," you know what I mean? Let's sell this big ass nigga into sex slavery, and I would have had no choice but to to go, but like, to be like a sex slave, but to be a sex slave because I had I don't know how this one carry my ass, but I had no energy, like none at all. I was just I was I, it was so what made it bad was I probably looked like a drug addict because I'm like sweaty. <laughs> Although I don't think drug addicts walk around in like cute gym clothes. I'm just saying. But like I had no energy. I was dead to the bed, like slumped. So I will say EHP Labs, your stuff tastes good, but it's never happening again, sis. Like oh the milkshake the, not the milk the milkshake, the protein shake is fucking delicious. That shit tastes like a smoothie, like a chocolate uh cookies and creams that shit is mad good i might buy that again but <clears throat> i'm not fucking with pre-workouts no more no buy pre-workouts buy pre-workouts. you know i've never <laughs> taken a pre-workout i had friend. i have friends that take them all the time and i was like hmm but now that you told me that story i'm good yeah yeah because and I, i'm the same way i've always wanted to i've always seen people take take uh them but i was just like I've always been like apprehensive to do it, and then I've all I'm trying to be like less of a um uh I'm super cautious with everything that I do, and I'm very controlled of how like I act and how I carry myself and the things that I do, and I don't like to ask for help with anything. Yeah, but I was getting to the point where I was like, oh, I need to fucking get this weight off. So I was like, let me try a pre workout, although it's outside of my norm. But bitch, never again. This little fupa gonna stay here. If it takes a free workout to get this fupa gone, bitch, I'm gonna be fupa. Me and Beyonce are embracing our fupas. Me, Beyonce, Rihanna. Who else got a fupa? I got one too. Because, bitch. We all, we all. Bitch, you ain't got no fupa. Shut up. Like a, like, like a fupa gang or something. Fupa gang. Yeah. Fupa gang. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and get into this week's Get It Together. Malik, take over, please. Yes. So, you guys, I made a list of three ways that you can make your life happier and that you can be a better bitch. A better bitch, okay? A better bitch. A better and a better bitch. I know that you guys always be a better and a better bitch. So, get it together. This week, get into nature. Whether Mm. it's a walk in the park, whether it's a walk in your neighborhood forest or your neighborhood trail. Like, find a way to get out of your house. Find a way to just go out Smell the fresh air. You know, smell the. Jill Scott told us about taking walks in the park. What did she say? I don't remember. Let's take a long walk. That's what walk she said. That's exactly. That's what she said. After dark. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. She said she grabbed her keys, grabbed her jacket off to work. Um, hey, ooh, that is my song. Uh-huh. So. Is it the way? <laughs> hey. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my song. We'll let Vaughn do his song, Bird Thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, yeah, get out into nature. Take a walk in the park. I mean, it literally will make you feel so better. Just the other day, I was out coaching these girls, um, this this like this dance team, and, and, and doing a clinic with them. And... Um, like, it just felt so good to be out in the grass, moving around, feeling the sun on your skin. We all need it. And it's just, just it also just helps with, excuse me, your memory. Like, getting out there and, and having the fresh air, you, you breathe better, you think better. And it actually helps with focusing on creativity. So that's why a lot of creatives like to ride outside or go to the beach and stuff like that. Because it just feels good to be out with nature. Another thing. Expressing optimism and gratitude. So, nothing worse than a pessimistic bitch. Okay, like if you have, <laughs> if you have a positive outlook on life, on that means that when things happen to you, you'll you'll really be able to see it. Sometimes with the glass uh, half full instead of half empty. Like, and also showing gratitude with someone that means that a friend or someone that you haven't talked to in a long time, like telling them how much they mean to you and 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 how much they've changed your life or or which, whatever it is, just telling someone that you that you're thankful and showing yourself gratitude. It really helps put thing. It really helps to put things into perspective um, with your life and optimism and gratitude. They go hand in hand. If you're optimistic about what could happen, you'll be grateful that it did happen to you, right? And the last thing, challenging yourself. We all need challenges. We all should be creating mm. a short goal list of things that we want to happen in our lives and figuring out how, how can we manifest them overall. So whether that's learning a new language, you guys, there's a great app called Duolang- Duolingo. It's free. I don't know why Rosetta Stone hasn't sued the fool yet because it's the exact <laughs> same concept. And it's free for you all. So go download Better Duolingo and learn a new language. Um, you know, losing weight. You know, as you guys know, Vaughn and I are on, I think, a lifelong <laughs> weight loss journey. Bitch, at this point, at a this toddler point, lifelong journey. It's going to be a lifelong journey for us because here's the thing, you guys. I know a bitch binged so bad last week. It was ridiculous. Um, but so challenge yourself. Create a goal. I love all of those. Whatever you want it to be. Going back to school, losing weight, learning a new language. These goals. Get a job. Suck a dick. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that, that, the way you were saying that reminded me of T.S. Madison when she was like, get a job. Suck a dick. <laughs> Who I love. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, that. yeah. So, definitely creating a goal, creating a challenge for yourself will really help uh, center yourself and, and and it gives you something to do, something to look forward to, something to be optimistic about. You see how all these Absolutely. things kind of go hand in hand? So create, They really do. So, creating a goal, challenging yourself allows you to be optimistic about that goal, which then you can go out into nature and focus on it. How does that sound? Um, I love all of these. I'm actually literally trying to incorporate all of this into my life right now, which is why it's, I thought it was uh, funny when you said all this, because even today, like, <clears throat> because I was I was in a really bad mood this morning. I don't know why. Well, because I'm sick, I'm sure. Um, and even I just opened the blinds in my you know apartment, let some natural sunlight in. Yeah. And that really changed my entire mood. Like It will. Entire mood. And I miss, that's one thing I will say, I do miss being out in nature because when i lived in atlanta we lived off of a golf course and like it was a full ass you know functioning Mm -hmm. golf course where like 
um, they even had tournaments, and like ESPN used to record um, some of their some of the golf tournaments there and it's a massive forest so i used to like run run um through the golf uh course and like on the trails and all that kind of stuff and i kind of miss that um living in new york now but i'm trying to make sure i incorporate more nature especially since i have maybe a month left and it's a fucking wrap (laughs) like it's i have like a month and a half if i'm lucky left and new york is about to be cold so i'm trying to incorporate um some nature into my life and trying to definitely be more optimistic because I am a bit of a a pessimist for myself. I'm always very optimistic for other people. <laughs> like I'm very positive and optimistic for other people, but I can tend to be a little um, pessimistic when it comes to like my own life. So I'm trying to be more optimistic and be more, be more grateful too. I talked, I think I, to- I talked about it on Twitter the other day, feel like feeling like I'm constantly stuck um, in a state of um, unhappiness, uh, of like unhappiness. Yeah, I, I actually responded to that. What did I fuck that? I, yeah, I think I said I'm, I feel like I'm stuck between uh, grateful and um, under, like not underwhelmed. I forgot what word I used. Um, but yeah, like I feel like I'm stuck there all the time, and it's weird. It's a weird space to be because it's like I'm grateful. Great, that's the word I use. I'm grateful for like what I have and where I am in life because. Especially sometimes when I see, like, the mess that goes on in a lot of other people's lives on social media, like, people that, like, don't have their own place, or they can't pay rent, or they don't have a job, or, like, all those things. I'm very grateful that, like, I have a great job, and my pockets are, you know, they're nice, and, um, you know, like, my relationship with my parents is really, really good. I'm, like, I'm happy about all those things, but then I'm also, like, ungrateful, or not ungrateful, but I'm also, like, not happy with, like, other aspects of my life, and it can be, it's a weird balance, because it's, like, how are you, how do you find happiness if you're kind of constantly in that ebb and flow of grateful but but unhappy, you know what I mean? So, I think all of these things will help balance out that ebb and flow that I'm, you know, looking for. Yeah. So, it's not overnight, you guys, but it's something that you can work work towards every day. Just really be intentional about it. Just be mindful of, you know, what you want, how you want to feel, and be able to cre- be able to create systems and structures in your life that really help you get there. I mean, again, it will not be easy, especially if you've been doing Absolutely. shit wrong or you know your way for twenty five, thirty, that. thirty years, like. You have to understand, it's a pattern. That, like, if you spend your real. life doing something... You have to break that pattern. You have, you have to break yeah. that pattern, you guys. So, work at it. It's a challenge, but it will happen. Absolutely. And with that said, let's take a quick little break. Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode thus far. If so, please be sure to follow us on our social media. The Instagram is GrownUpGay, G-R-O-W-N, UpGay. Our Twitter is GrownUpGay underscore. And our website, of course, is GrownUpGay.com. Now let's get back into this week's episode. All right, so we are back for this week's uh, Growing Up Gay. As always, the Growing Up Gay segment of the show is the main portion. It's the meat and potatoes, like I always say, um, although I'm vegetarian. <laughs> I need to stop saying that. But it's the uh, the main point of the show. And this week... Um, it's the carrot and broccoli. <laughs> this week, I wanted to really discuss uh, the burden of performance. I feel like, especially as uh, queer individuals... I kind of feel like, well, as queer individuals, especially and people of color, I feel like we constantly always have to 
overcompensate and kind of always have to be stuck in this performative state trying to sell ourselves to each other to our parents um to to people that we're trying to date potentially and i i wanted to discuss like that whole experience and what it's like to, to, like I said, constantly be stuck in with the burden of performance. Cause I feel like it's something for us, especially that never really goes away um, because of how society has structured itself. Uh, it's, it's kind of, I think it, it stems from feeling inadequate and feeling like we have something to kind of make up for, um, especially in relation, like a relation to our sexual orientation, because that is seen as such a burden against our families that I feel like we often try to overcompensate in other ways by trying to, you know, be the best son because you know you're gay, or be you know, you know what I mean, like go that extra mile in, in all aspects because you, yeah. you know you already have one strike against you just out of the fucking womb. Um, so the first portion of that I want to talk about is. The, like I said, the aspect of with your parents. Like, I don't know about you, Malik, or what your, your structure is like when it, with your parents. But for me, I come from a family of all boys. <laughs> and I kind of feel like ever since I've realized I was gay, I've lived in... Uh, I've kind of per- performed a less prominent version of myself. I feel like in front of my family... Um, and I've kind of made myself small, like I've, I've perfected the act of making myself small or c- kind of always being okay, quote unquote, okay. Um, that way my parents would never have yeah. to worry about me because I feel like they naturally have to worry about me because I'm gay, which is a weird thing. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like ever since I've known that I was, that I was gay, I felt like I needed to compensate for that by being a great student, by, you know, going to school and getting a, getting a good job by, you know, working hard and progressing in my field. Um, and even in like my, my day-to-day actions, like a lot of the decisions that I've made, like up to this point, like moving to New York was the first selfish thing I've ever done for myself. Um, I've always tried to compensate for Seek like and not secretly, but like I don't even think I came to this realization until I decided we decided on this topic. Um, but like moving to New York was the first time I made a decision 100% for myself. I didn't care how it impacted my family, I didn't care how it directly impacted you know my mother or you know any of the things because it did. Um, but it was a decision that I had to make for myself, and it was weird when I made it because. My mother was like not happy. My mother was not happy that I decided to move to New York, that I took this job. And every, it's funny because even my father was like extremely excited. But for those that don't know, when I lived in Atlanta, I, li- I did live with my mother. And my mother and my father got back together about a year ago, um, almost a year ago. Well, a little over a year ago at this point. Um, when my brother, he just got, he got married in December of last year. Through the process of my planning my brother's wedding, my parents uh, reunited and they got back together. They got divorced when I was like eight. Um, so it was a good 16 years had passed. Um, and they decided to start dating again. And my mother wanted to move back to Florida, but she didn't want to sell her house in Atlanta. Um, and I was living at home and she planned on moving back to Florida full time and just leaving me with the house. And I mean, it was going to be litty for me because I was going to have a house to myself, but when I took this job, I obviously couldn't stay in Atlanta. And my mother has a thing against renting out her house. <laughs> and she damn sure doesn't want to sell it. 
So she was really, really mad that like I had made made this decision, and I was also working a seasonal job, um, and I had been working a seasonal job for the past five years. So it, like every summer, I would be working twenty one hours, uh, like a day, twenty twenty one hours a day. And I decided that I wasn't going to go back and do that again this year because it was draining. I would never get to enjoy my summers. And obviously, now that I was moving to New York, the seasonal job that I was doing, it was for an airline. I'll put that out there. Um, my my mother could no longer benefit <laughs> from, from you know, the benefits that I got at that seasonal position. Um, so that also made her quite upset. And it created a bit of a rift. Um between her and I and more so between I think my family and her and I because she would kind of vent to them how she felt as opposed to me Um, and we even got into an argument over it and like I said when we were thinking about this burden of performance topic I thought like this whole time I've been doing things to kind of make everyone else happy because I was worried about being gay and making well I was worried about being good enough so that way when I came out to them because I wasn't out that way, when I came out to them, it would kind of all the good that I was doing would outweigh this potential bad. And when I did come out, <clears throat> they were all kind of like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> like, oh, okay, next topic." Yeah. Um, but like I said, I started making these decisions for myself. So, Malik, have you ever felt the need to perform? That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah, because of your sexual orientation, for sure. Like, it's really interesting that that we chose the topic because. Um, I wrote like a letter to myself about something very similar, but it's about over explaining. And mm. um, what I wrote is recently I found myself reflecting on past experiences and looking for opportunities of growth within each memory. Over explaining comes to mind instantly because as a child, I was taught to explain to the world why I was worthy, why my voice mm. was so high, why, why, why I dressed how I did, why, why was I so fat, why was I so gay, why was I so ugly, why was I so lame, why was I so poor? So essentially, yes, you know, I think that, you know, as I grew older, the pattern continued, right? And then as an adult, that manifested with me, like, walking into rooms with, like, an artificial light and, you know, having to always be ready to explain or act, you know, act like mm. I'm something other than what I am. And it's like, right for me growing up, um, how I maxed that was just by saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not into that, but I am into this. Or, you know similar to you like doing things to please others or you know um oh i will i'll do this favor for you although i know i really don't want to but you know i will you know um for example like when i was growing up i really didn't like going (laughs) i didn't like going to see like my dad's side of the family but i would go (laughs) just to appease him to make him feel like you're you're normal Right. Like, go see them, go hang out with them, go hang out with the other male cousins in your life and man up. And it's, it, it was right. like all these things I was doing to make other people feel better when I just wanted to do the things that came natural or made me happy, essentially. Right. I can I can a thousand percent relate to that um because like i said i grew up in a family of boys and both of my brothers are niggas like they are sports loving car fixing um fighting ass like they are niggas like to the core and i grew up 
like I was very like in touch to what I was interested in at a very young age and I knew the things that I was interested in weren't the things that I quote unquote should have been interested in um, like for instance, I loved Passions, like the TV show, Pas- the the soap opera Passions. <laughs> that was my shit. Like a nigga loved Passions. I loved Britney. Sp- I stand for Britney Spears. Okay. Love I never, Britney I Spears. never stand for Britney Spears. It's okay, legends only. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I loved Britney Spears, and I wanted to do ballet. I wanted to to sing. I wanted to to take dance classes and, and voice lessons. And I wanted to do all these things because I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be, like, a star. Like, I wanted to be, you know, a, 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 a performer. I wanted right. to be a star. You want to be that girl. And I wanted to be that girl, right. <laughs> <laughs> and But I knew, like, those things weren't welcomed. And, like, especially, like, again, being Caribbean. Like, if you tell your parents that you're interested in doing anything, like, as, as far as, like, in the future... But, like, getting a degree and, like, getting a good job, they're going to look at you like you're stupid. Like, my parents didn't nurture my... And honestly, that's why I'm still very, very insecure about my singing and my vocal ability. And I I don't even really consider myself a singer. Like, people will ask me if I sing, and I'll say no. because I don't, and I, Or if I'm a singer and I don't consider... I, I'll say no because I don't consider myself a singer. Because I don't think I'm good enough to wear the title of a singer. You know... I'm better than a lot of these other people that <laughs> wear that title, but that's them. That's their confidence. But I don't. I. I can, I've never been able to own that because I don't know if it's because I don't think I'm. Well, I do know I, it's because I don't think I'm good enough. But like I remember, even like I said, my brothers they were super into sports. My father is super into sports. I remember like watching basketball with them and being like, "This is stupid," and like I was the the only reason why I would watch like games with them is because I was attracted to the men. Like, I was obsessed with Allen Iverson. I thought he was the finest thing walking. And I was a huge um, 76ers fan. People, my, my parents just thought it was, like, my dad and my brother just thought it was because I love the 76ers and I love the team. No. I was married to Allen Iverson in my head. So, of course, <laughs> I was a 76ers fan. Like, I remember when I was, I remember, I think I, I shared this story on here before, there was a Super Bowl going on one time, and I was so excited about the Super Bowl, and I kept talking about it, and my dad was really excited, like, visibly excited about the Super Bowl, because I was excited about the Super Bowl, and I was only excited because Britney Spears was going to perform, like, bitch, I didn't care about who was playing, who was going to win, you know, what teams, I didn't care about none of that shit, and I remember watching the game with them, and, like, being like, so, when is the halftime show, because this, this other shit has to... This other shit has to go. Like, I remember Britney was performing with Mary J. Blige and Aerosmith, and I was like, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for the rest of this shit. Um, and even my brother, like, he, my brother's an athlete. Um, he is, he's played every single sport. He's played every sport well. He's been on, like, the TV for playing sports. He played, like, he's just, like, he got scholarships for playing sports. He's an athlete, and... I would even go to his games and be like, "Woo, yay!" Who is that? Like, the whole time, I, I'd be thinking, "Damn, his teammates are fine as fuck." Like, I don't <laughs> like, but I would perform, and it's funny because like all his teammates would see me, and I have an athletic build. I'm a, I'm six two. I have broad shoulders. I sh- like, I'm built like an athlete. My brother used to always joke that like he wished God gave me like gave him like my height and my build because he would be like a superstar athlete. And I'm like, I mean, he's not, he's 5'11", so it's not like he's a, a midget or anything. But, um, 
yeah, like I would I always had to I had just had to pretend I would go to his games and his friends would always like come up to me and be like, oh, you play sports, you play. F-. Oh, my God. I got the did you play? Do you play football line my whole and entire life? Like my whole life, I've been asked if I play football, if I play basketball, what sports am I into? And I used to I've always had to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, basketball, I like basketball. Yeah, uh, nah. or I'd pull the nah, I'm not into to bat, I would pull the I'm into football, and by football I mean soccer thing because ninety percent of Americans are like, oh, I don't really know her, so I could like get away because I would I do know about soccer because my brother played my whole life, so I know the game of soccer, so I could like get away with that one because people wouldn't be as interested. It was a sport, so it like kept me within you know the masculine gaze, but like it wasn't something they were too familiar with to ask me questions because if I were to say I was into basketball and them niggas start asking me about teams and like positions and players I would have been like yeah LeBron like that's, that's where the knowledge would have stopped like I know about LeBron I know about like Michael Jordan but I don't really know much else so did you ever feel feel that like discomfort when it comes to sports or is that something you didn't it's really funny because that's when I realized that I had to like perform more in middle school yeah. when we would like, you know, play basketball and play football when, <laughs> of course, I was like picked last to be on the teams and um, the coaches would treat me like, obviously, there was a, a difference of just they would treat me different than the other right. guys as far as the way they would interact with me. Like I remember I remember one coach like even like said call me like soft like oh man and they would call me by my last name which is i'm not gonna say on the show what what my last name i'm about is. to say don't tell me your business yeah i'm not yeah well wait but, till they cut the check but, wait till they cut right. the check. <laughs> well y'all cut the check i'll give you my last name but um so the, so they would call me by my last name and would say whatever insert last name oh he's soft he this he's that and so i realized then that not only were they saying it, but the kids were saying it too, right? right? And so I realized then that I had to ante up with whatever I was going to do. Right. So, like, I was into music. I played, I, I played the saxophone since I was in the fifth grade. And so for me, it was like, okay, you know what? These bitches really hate me. I have to make sure that I'm the baddest saxophone player there is. And right. I, I remember that there would be times <laughs> where... I would be in band class, but there were other guys that were a lot more masculine than me. And I would often feel like I had to like ante up and, and, and project myself more or, or be like them or, or talk like them. Like there's one story that comes to mind. There was this guy in my class who had like some kind of anger problems or whatever. And, but he used to like, fuck with me all the time and he used to like just say the the you know, just the nastiest things like call me a sissy and this and that or whatever like just uncalled for like for no reason and one day I had I had enough and this day he had already I guess got into some trouble with the um assistant principal about something so he was hot he was upset because he knew he was in trouble or whatever and so right. he comes into class and he sits down and he's just like look he's almost like looking around looking for like something to just project on essentially and right. that became me and i remember i was like you know what i'm sick of your shit fuck you and in this moment i remember getting up out of my chair and this is like 12 12 year old malik i was 
I had these glasses, and I, like, I snatched my glasses off, and I walk up to him, <laughs> <laughs> and I walk up to him, and I'm like, what, 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 what you want to do, you know, and guess what he did, you guys, nothing, he did absolutely fucking nothing, wow. because, because I scared him, and that's when I realized that, you know, sometimes performing, and sometimes, like, digging deep is not always a bad thing, um right no it can definitely keep you it can keep you safe yeah like and and so that moment like performing really kept me safe like and and it 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 got me respect so yeah i definitely was treated bad when it came to sports and being picked last for sports teams and um i (laughs) one one day i was in the the locker room and we were changing and I remember. Oh, you see, you're better than me. I never did the locker room thing. So never. I had. We had no choice. Like it was not an option. And so I went and. Do like, you do you know how bad I went to avoid it? Oh my gosh! In, in middle school, I think I've talked about this on here before. I had this gym coach that was really into like child fitness. So you had to work out. So I bet you had to change because you was musty and sweaty. I used to go into the bathroom stall. And change in the bathroom stall. That's exactly like, what I was getting ready to say. That's that's what oh, okay. I did. And I used to get roasted so bad for that, Vaughn. The boys really? would like try to open the door. They would look really? under the door. It was so fucked up. Oh, well, see, you know what? I was lucky. Our school was like, shout out to the coins. Our school was like, <laughs> they, had, they had rebuilt it. And in the locker rooms, they had this locked off area where you could like, the the stalls you couldn't look under them or see what was going on inside them or look over them like it was like like a wall yeah it was like a thing so like the me and there was other boy who used to do the same thing like we used to go change in the bathroom stall like i would grab my my clothes put in my backpack go change in the bathroom stall and come back out and like no one ever i I think i will say i'm lucky in that regard i think because i am uh I've always been a bigger guy and I present pretty masculine. Um, and I don't know. I just have an aura of like, don't talk to me. <laughs> it's actually not a good thing. I wish I was a little more welcoming. <laughs> like my natural presence was more welcoming because people, people always tell me that like they thought I was going to be me or like they were intimidated. I hate that shit. I've, I was intimidated. I've been, I've been getting told that since I was literally 12. Like, oh, I was intimidated by you know or you seem intimidating i hate that shit but i'm lucky i've never had to deal with the whole sissy thing or like the whole like getting made fun of for being gay or gay acting or any of that kind of stuff at least not at school my brother (laughs) used to do it but like when it comes to school and stuff like that never i've never had that experience yeah like it was really bad and just (laughs) our like i remember there'd be times where i would like overtly be like annoying to girls like I like you I like you I like you I like you and for other people just to like get them to be like damn like he do like oh, girls see okay I'm so happy he, you said that he do like girls that was gonna but be that was gonna he be doesn't go for real me. so <laughs> like there was this one girl in particular and this happened in, in high school so this is when I was in 10th grade her name was Rebecca mm-hmm. and she was in the ninth grade yeah yes yeah so, but she was on the dance team. And so the, the, the way I, no, 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 I'm sorry. Actually, this is my junior year in high school. Um, and she was really cute. So, so sweet. And I, I used her being nice to me to almost like get people to think we were like dating or something because I just oh. wanted to, 
I just really wanted to be like straight, you know? And right. so there we took a picture together. <laughs> And I posted the picture on MySpace. It was like, me no. Yes. It was like me and my girl or something like that. And, you know, it just was, it's just so interesting. Like just looking like back at the dynamics of why I felt the need to lie and, and, right. and be, be something other than I was. And yeah, like it was a mess. That's- and she, she called. So my best friend gave me her number. I would call and text her, and then finally she was like, "Listen, stop calling me. I don't like Dead. you like that. It's not gonna happen." And then she would not her reading you. <laughs> yes, she like she had she had to roast me because I was doing entirely too fucking much. Then she came to school, and we were I was at like step team practice, and she was dancing in our show for us, and um, she was like. Insert my last name. We, right. we we don't go together. We're not gonna be together. We're just cool. It was a mess. Wow. See, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I really wanted us to discuss that next. Because see, like for me, I've never done that. Like I've never faked the whole girlfriend thing. I've never I've I've always made it very clear, like, no, that's just my friend. She is my friend. Don't, it's probably because I, you are so straight presenting and you are so masculine that never was like but you know what I think you had to do. So, but like, okay. So in high school, my group of male friends, like my my homeboys, were all very popular. They were also all hoes. So they, I, I just by association got looped into the whole like title. Like everyone thought I was out here sleeping with girls and doing all that kind of stuff because they would they would run trains on like they were out here, wow. like out here, out here. And I wasn't. I was... I'm still not. <laughs> like, I was nowhere near there. Um, especially with women. But I've, I've never done that. Like, the whole... Because here's my thing, right? I can appreciate a woman's beauty. I can appreciate... I, like, I'd be like, damn, she's fine. But, like, whenever I say that, I'm thinking, like, that bitch is bad. Or, like, that bitch is bad. It's never from a sexual... Ever from a sexual. It's always from a place of, like... Bitch, if I was a girl... Right, like, I would want to look like that. Right, <laughs> or, you know what I mean. Like it's always been from that place, and it's funny because I had a girl. Like the last time I had a girlfriend, I was in sixth, seventh grade. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. It was the beginning of seventh grade. It was this girl named Kia, beautiful girl, beautiful, beautiful girl named Kia. Um, and I remember I made all my friends break up with their girl. <laughs> I'm trash. I made all my friends break up with their girlfriends because I was like, yo, we're going to eighth grade. We don't need no girlfriends. It's like, gonna be way more girls. Mind you, it's the same school. So <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I thought was gonna, what was gonna happen. But the reality of it is like, I just didn't want like the, the, the pressure of a girlfriend because I, in seventh grade, everyone was like, my brothers were like, so are y'all gonna kiss? Are y'all, y'all having sex yet? Y'all, and I was like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, bro, I was in seventh. I was 12. I was 12 and they they were like pressuring me to be like kissing, potentially sleeping with the, this girl. And I'm like, yo, we are 12. Like thinking back on it now is wild because I'm like, we are 12. Like you should not be like pushing that on, on like little, but so I think that experience is probably why I never did the whole uh, pretend I have a girlfriend thing. Like even with my parents, like they would ask me, like, "Do you have a girlfriend or are you dating?" And I'd be like, "No." Why don't you have a girlfriend? Because I don't have one. 
Like it would never go any further than that. <laughs> and I remember, I remember one time my mother and I were coming home from my aunt's house, and my cousin he was very popping, and he had like all the girls, and my aunt was sharing all these stories about him dating like all these girls, and you know, parents take pride in that. I think especially black parents they take pride in their sons kind of like being womanizers it's it's kind of awful and i remember uh beyonce's article in vogue where she was talking about how she's gonna raise her child her son differently and i remember being like happy to see her see her say that because i feel like black parents do do that they 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 hypersexualize their sons and 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 make like they force them into like hyper masculinity and, 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 and hypersexualize them and like even at like five and six stuff oh he gonna get all the hoes or i'm like if this is a baby like why are you saying that about a baby you know what i mean like it's, it's weird but i remember my mother like sitting down with me well not saying well we were driving home from my aunt's house and like she was having conversation a conversation and we were talking about like everything that was going on at my aunt's house and she was like you know do you have a do you have a girl and i was like no and she was like you know it's okay if you get a girlfriend and i was like i know she's like you you know i could tell that she was worried because in her mind, she was like, okay, you're in high school now. You're, I think I was a sophomore in high school. I think I was in 10th grade. Um, and she, for her, she, I think she was just expecting this. Because, like I said, my my brothers are such niggas that, like, <laughs> they had girls and was sleeping around and was bringing girls to the house. And there was that whole banter, whereas with me, none of that was happening. And it, it was interesting because... I think I, that I think I think that was the first time. I, you know, they always say your parents know your parents always know their their child is gay. I think that was the first time. I think it probably dawned on my mother like, wow, he's gay. But I, she wasn't comfortable with it. But she was co- like cognizant enough to not make me feel uncomfortable about it. That's awesome. That's which, awesome. Which I appreciate it. I appreciate now. Yeah, like yeah. total opposite for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I remember there's this one time where I had I always had like a lot of girlfriends, like a lot of girlfriends, me too. like and me too. and that that's what made it fucking hard because everyone would be like so you're just surrounded by all these girls and you're not talking to none of them yes and, and i think i'll be like bitch i'm was, one of them fuck you mean like <laughs> i think that was the giveaway for me like you have all these girlfriends and y'all just friends like I, I remember there was this one girl in particular um named ashley and my mom would be like so are you and are you are you and tamir like sharing her and i was like what do you mean Sharing? and what? she was you're, you're my... right and she was like i mean like it seems like one minute you her boyfriend and Tamir's her boyfriend. I was like, no, like we're just all friends. She was like, oh, okay, yeah. And 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 just how you said about how like first of all, men, your mother tried that young lady. That's I know <laughs> she did. She did try her. And I'm thinking like, and and now that I'm like reflecting on it. I'm like, wow, like it's so obvious how you know just boys are pushed to be so sexual and how girls are just pushed to be like yeah. these. Quiet, you know, crude, and not to exactly and, because and like, I, I have female cousins, and like the story, like the it would always be the complete opposite. They would either like if anyone even mentioned a boy around any of my female cousins, it would always be you better not be, you better not have a boyfriend. Oh, I mean boyfriend, a boyfriend. Like it was like this offensive thing for them to be dating. Yeah, like, it was like an absolute no. Whereas around my male cousins, it would be like this thing of so how many girlfriends do you have? Yeah. It's like you a badge. It's like a badge of honor sure to be a don't womanizer. Have three? It is. No, it really, really is. Yeah. That that's wild. Yeah, it is. It's wild, that's... and we wonder why the fuck we have what the fuck is going on in our fucking 
government. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so back to performing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the experience that I think every gay black male has to deal with, which is the barbershop. <laughs> um, and having to... It's funny because I, one of the things I love about Twitter is Twitter like can make you feel like everybody like you be sometimes I'm on Twitter I'm like damn bitch did we all have the same experience yes growing up? like did we like you know what I mean like I know we're not a monolith but goddamn bitch it feels like we're all just the same like living the same like life it's so similar different aspects of it right um, and whenever I think one of my favorite discussions is like the whole barbershop thing because the barbershop is such like a hyper masculine um space like especially the black i don't know why i've only been to one white barbershop and i didn't even stay to get my hair cut i was like yeah this is not happening Mom, i got up out of there so fast when i went to our yeah, i, I ran up like, out of there no. ran yeah, up I, out of there <laughs> i went back to my mom's car like no sis we gotta go somewhere <laughs> right but <laughs> i've and it's crazy because ever since i was young i've known that like when I walk into this space, I need to be more mm-hmm. more masculine. Yeah. I need to be more aggressive. I need to I need to sit differently. I need to my shoulders need to fall differently. My my you know what I mean? Like and it's it's it goes back to even the sports topic. I would dodge a lot of the sports topics but with shit like, oh yeah, 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 LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. <laughs> like and I remember I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm not faking this anymore. Like I I, I was like it's either I'm shutting myself out of these topics completely or I'm just, you know, when if someone asked me, I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't watch sports. And I remember getting to that point where I was like, no, I don't watch sports. And the reaction to that would always be like, huh, you don't watch sports? And I'd be like, no, nah, it's not really my thing. And I think because, again, because I present so masculine, it never went into, like, the, the gay thing. And it's funny because I had a barber, I had the same barber shop in Atlanta, uh, barber in Atlanta for... I want to say five, six years? No. Yeah, 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 like six years. And he was a great barber. We were cool. He's Muslim. He's um the, from the Nation of Islam. Like, he's a part of the Nation of Islam. Yeah. And I, I remember at one point, and it's funny because he knows how much I love Rihanna. I remember when, when Rihanna flew me to, to New York for her event, I remember getting my hair cut. Um, and being like, yo, I'm going to go to New York to see Rihanna. Like, I was so hyped that I, and I, and I kind of, it's funny, like, as soon as I said it to him, I regretted saying it because I was like, fuck. Now he knows, and he, now he's going to ask me more questions. And at the same time, I kind of felt the need to prove it. So I was like, no, look, she's DMing me, da 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 And I remember he, he wanted to follow me on Instagram. Mind you, I don't post anything on Instagram now, but I used to post stuff on, on Instagram. And... I remember having, like, a nervous breakdown because he saw my Instagram name and, like, sent the friend request. Luckily, my shit was private, but I remember feeling the pressure of accepting his friend request because I was like, now, now this nigga's gonna see, like, that I'm gay, he's gonna see my whole truth, and I ended up not accepting it. He never asked me about it, Um, but I remember, I just figured he knew that I was gay, but I remember, like, maybe eight months before I'm, uh, or six months before I moved to New York, he was cutting my hair one day. And he started talking about, like, you know, what was going on in society and da-da-da-da. And we actually agreed on a lot of things that we would, would, especially, like, when it comes to race stuff. We would always find, like, common grounds there. But then he started going into this rant about, like, you know, they're trying to, like, feminize black men. And, like, you know, gay culture is, like, spreading. It's everywhere, da-da-da. And I never felt more mortified in my entire life. I kind of felt betrayed, almost. Because, for whatever reason, I felt like this nigga knew me. And I thought 
I don't know why I just thought figured he knew that I was gay or whatever the case may be. But I was kind of like, yo, you're you're talking to me. Like I'm getting you're you're cutting a gay person's hair and like you're saying and I I was I I couldn't say anything. Like I literally I literally stayed silent and he just stopped talking and like I, I finished getting my haircut and I was like, "All right, I'm out." And I gave him the money and I bounced. And I and I couldn't I didn't feel comfortable going back to him after that for like almost two months. Now, bitch, I went back because he he did what he did and I right. needed my haircut properly. <laughs> right? So I had to go back. That's hilarious. But, I had a similar experience. Um, There was... My very first Beyonce concert was the Beyonce Experience. And ooh, um, I went to the barbershop to get, to get beautified to make sure I was perfect for the queen. Right. And um, so I got dressed, took a shower, put on my clothes, and then my mom dropped me off at the barbershop. And right. but before I left the house, I was like, I want to be as beautiful as possible to see Beyonce. So I put right. on foundation, you guys. I went to my mom's room. Oh, bitch, you was carrying. Bitch, I was <laughs> carrying bad. I went to my mom's room and I she had some like CoverGirl Queen Collection foundation. Of course, we like the same. Come color. on, Queen so Collection. So I put this foundation on my face. So I'm putting it on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I like how I look. I'm like, yes, 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 I look good. I just really, I just really just wanted my skin to be like really even. So right. I put I put on the makeup. I, I'm dressed. My mom come my mom comes um from work to come get me and, and takes me to the barbershop. She drops me off because I was gonna ride um the train down to Phillips Arena. We which is where Beyonce was performing that night. And I get to the barbershop and he's like cutting my hair and the foundation begins to kind of like gag. The foundation <laughs> is like it's like melting. Okay, it started. T- it started telling stories. Like, the foundation starts telling stories. It, 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 was, it was strumming your pain with his finger. Listen, literally <laughs> singing your life so with his song. I'm like, he's like, bro, you wear makeup, and I'm like, oh my god, I would have died. And he called it out, and I'm like, I would have. Bond. I'm literally trying to figure oh out like god. I'm like I'm, I'm I'm thinking like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god what am I gonna say what am I gonna do so I'm like yeah I'm, I'm like yeah you know I'm gonna be on TV later that's what I said come he, on with the same bitch I said I'm gonna be on TV later and he was like oh for real doing what that's that's when I fucked up bitch damn that is when I fucking fucked up I said well you know um, I'm gonna see Beyonce later and so. You know, just in case someone sees me, I just want to make sure I look my best. He said, wait. So, now you want to make it to go see Beyonce? Oh, bitch. <laughs> bitch. That is... Uh, and you told him the truth and, and, and the fairy tale. I you told, told him, him the all. truth and the fairy tale. And so, literally, after that, I mean, he finished cutting my hair, obviously. And Yo, then, I would have died. And then afterwards... I absolutely died. Afterwards, uh, I was like, well, yeah, thank you so much. And then... I went, I went in the bathroom and touched my makeup up because I brought the foundation with me. <laughs> oh, yes, touch up! I touched my makeup up, bitch. Because here's the thing. You said, look, 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 you, you said the, the edges is fresh. Bitch, the, the face needs to be too. The face <laughs> like, needs to be beat too. So, I definitely understand. Like, I, 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 like, I think the first time I went to a barbershop and realized that there was a problem is when... Um, they were just talking about how many bitches they were gonna fuck and, 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 and who was fucking this bitch and, and what that bitch did. And it was like, wow, like you guys are really sitting here really 
disrespecting women. That's when I realized that yeah, I like, had, this space is not comfortable. It's not comfortable, and and I realized yeah. that I had to be like them if I was gonna be able to be. Except, to coexist, to, to coexist in this space yeah. with these guys who were talking about how many women that they objectify on the daily basis, and then on top of that, like they made it very clear that they did not want to be tried by a gay person, and it, it's just, it was just so funny. Like that's when I really learned that to almost hate myself as a queer person in the barbershop yeah. because of what they were saying about people that. Yeah. People that looked like me, and, and unfortunately, I didn't have the language to really decipher that I wasn't what they were calling me. But it's when I learned that straight men thought that gay men were after them to to like to to convert them almost. And I was like, there Why? really, there really is that that narrative that yeah. gay men are out to get straight men, and that's not it. That's not I it. Mean, sis. I mean, I am tragically attracted to straight men. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it I'm is. attracted it's to so fine men, straight, gay, you or know whatever. What? I, I think I have a thing with with masculinity and oh. it's a thing, and I I can't let it go. I just I love a nigga like just a nigga like. Just, what is it? What is it? What is it? I don't I don't know. Oh my god, you're a bird. Um, I really am. I really I'm like a total. I am a dove. Okay. Why do Classy you, bird? Why do you think that there's like this 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 competition between just queer men amongst our own little community. Well, I think a lot of that goes back to, to performing. Um, I think a lot of that goes back to trying to be the most socially acceptable version of what we are. And I think a lot of that comes with also, like I, like I was saying earlier, being the best, being your being best in every other aspect so that the gay doesn't wear you down mm-hmm. so that like the weight of being gay doesn't wear you down. And I think we can like, even, even the whole the, the masculine thing, for example, uh, the masculine versus feminine, that that's tied back into hypermasculinity, um, especially for our community. Because I, I noticed even in, in white in the white gay world, there's not as much discourse, and there's not as much tension between white gay men that I see between black gay men. And I think we are always trying to perform, and we're all we are always trying to be better than what we really are and and i think a lot most of it is because it's easy to do like if we're being honest um there's if you present if you present yourself to the world as, as something that you aren't what you aren't is often safer and, and and more palatable than what you really are and i'll even say like in the world of porn right <laughs> recently I was watching, uh, I'm not gonna say what I was watching. It wasn't a porn, but I was watching something that had porn stars in it, and it was like them outside of their norm, like outside of the how I had seen them. And I was like, wow, these men are really a fem- like feminine. But like in their work, they're very like aggressive and masculine, and they 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 carry themselves or perform this this person that they just aren't like even down to the way they talk and i remember i was so fascinated because i'm like you, you like no, no like you're nothing like this so it's like it really is a performance like it really really is a performance and i i don't know if there's any way for it to be stopped 
But there, there is a lot of uh, performing in our community. And like I said, I think a part of it goes back to trying to just sell whatever they think is the best version of themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think people perform so much because it's obviously it's safer, but it's also just based in what's the most straight presenting, what's the most heteronormative, how can I be what everyone else wants me to do it seems like yeah. being gay is hated what society, so yeah what society deems acceptable yeah yeah and and i mean and obviously within our relationships we do it too when like taking on these roles or i'm the feminine one so i have to be the girl or the bottom and i'm a master so, you have, so, to, I, right. so I have to be the I, top oh that that question you know people are like so which one's the man so which one's the right exactly it's like bitch we're both the man bitch, we're the, both the fuck do you mean fuck you mean <laughs> yeah and and the but way- there is a lot of there is a lot of that in gay relationships taking on heteronormative roles yeah um in relationships is that something because you've been in relationships no right? is that something that that you've done so recently i've made a really conscious effort to like say this if i can't come home to you after a long day at work and say girl i'm tired then we can't be together <laughs> because here's the thing because bitch girl i'm tired girl, like, because, because girl i'm tired that is real like right. i've been That's working all day these motherfuckers have been trying me i've been pres- you know like i have You've had to perform everywhere else. I've had to perform perform everywhere else. The show is sold out. The show is over. I want to come home (laughs) and be cool and and, and carry on with my man. And and I want to take the mask off. You know? And so it's like, for me, I don't have the energy or the time anymore in my life to be with anyone that wants me to be anything other than who I am, what I am all of the time. And especially in my relationships. I remember when I was younger and not as comfortable with myself i wouldn't date guys that were feminine because i felt like you know that was wrong but now i'm open to dating a guy that's feminine because i'm open to the femininity that's naturally within me and 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 i don't see anything wrong with that anymore and so like the minute i was able to like accept myself for who i am i was i was able to accept others for who they were and be open to like having those experiences that is a word. Yeah. And I think and, and I see that even and even in the, the sexual part of relationships, I've noticed like the older people get, the whole role of top and bottom thing kinda goes out the window. It goes out of the like, window. There's, yeah. there's people that still prefer one over the other. Sure. Um, but for the most part, especially in relationships that seem to work, there seems to be like a a fluidity there of like we're gonna do whatever we feel like doing. I think that's and how it should be. If yeah. I feel like topping, then maybe I'll top. If I feel like bottoming, then maybe I'll bottom. And, like, you can't look at your signature. Because I'll be honest, like, when I was y- younger, right, I would be like, I had this idea of what a top, a quote-unquote top was supposed to be. And it was that, man. And I remember there was someone that I followed online. I'm not going to say anybody's name. That I, like, look looked up to. And I thought he was really, really cool. He was one of those, like, on-the-scene gays that were, like, popping and popular. And he was... a very much about him, very much so about him. Like, uh, and he was like, "If if that nigga suck your dick, he ain't no top." And I was like, "But d- doesn't that feel good? Like, why are you denying yourself of that pleasure?" Like, and I just remember like a lot of the theories he had in regards to what a quote unquote top was. I I like I, I randomly ran on his Instagram the other day and saw who he was dating, and I was like, "Huh." So I guess all that shit is just gone out the window because like. You he he had this like very 
hyper masculine idea of what his significant other was supposed to be and who he's with now is none of that and he's like his whole narrative has changed he's very much like we do what we do (laughs) and we keep it moving and i think that's obviously i think the the most the healthiest yeah or most natural i think way for relationships to be i mean for sure queer people have to make their own roadmap and that and that comes from dating to working to just living nobody is out here teaching us shit that's why we have to absolutely make the shit up as we go and really share what works for us and what doesn't work for us and uh and yeah yeah, because queer people don't get to see relationships at all we don't get to see that this, like we, like and I was saying this on our last episode and talking about media um, media um, yeah uh, gay men in media we we don't get to see what gay relationships look like what they could be all we see is what society has structured for us which is this um he, you know man woman he brings the bacon she cooks the bacon kind of situation and I think that that's not I think I know that's why we've kind of structured our relationships out of that but i think what causes so much discourse in in gay relationships outside of cheating is (laughs) is the fact that people realize that those roles aren't realistic you kind of have to create your own like you were saying you have have to create your own roadmap and what works for you all because you know you know who has done a really good job of that lesbians oh yeah well they have done an ex women are women at the forefront of every movement so of course yeah, and I mean, they definitely have the the heteronormative structures with studs and that, you know, or the husbands, whatever, and th- that's definitely there, but, like, there's this lesbian couple that lives with me, and both of them are just, that not lives with me, lives in the, uh, in my building, and, like, they're, they, like, there's, one isn't more masculine than the other, they're just these two beautiful women that just date. Yeah. And I'm just like, look at y'all. Yeah. All healthy and living together. Yeah. So... Shout out to shout out to the lesbians. Shout out to all the lesbians out there because lesbians, I don't got no smoke with y'all. I love. I need me a studsman, so you know. (laughs) A studsman. (laughs) But anyway, is there anything else you want to touch on this topic? I think we've. I think we should take a commercial break and close it down. All right, y'all. So we'll be right back with you. I hope we've been able to keep you entertained thus far. If so, you can reach out to us for any questions, comments, and concerns at Vaughn at GrownUpGay.com or Malik at GrownUpGay.com. You can actually email the show's uh, personal email with any questions or show topics or anything you'd like for us to discuss. If you want to sponsor us, QTM Marie right here at GrowingUpGayPodcast at gmail.com. And that growing has a G in it. So GrowingUpGayPodcast at gmail.com. Now let's get into the next topic. All right, so we are back for the wind down. Uh, as always, the wind down is the portion of the show where we discuss things that's going on in social media, in the world of celebrity, uh, things that we don't necessarily care too, too much about, but enough to discuss. <laughs> uh, the first thing that we want to touch on, and this one is for me, is the Destiny's Child reunion. Now, there wasn't a formal reunion. But Beyonce, as we all know, is on tour currently with Jay-Z for the On The Run 2 tour. And during her... A.K.A.? A.K.A. what? I Container uh, <laughs> Review. Not the I Container Review. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I was not expecting that. 
I thought, I thought you were going to say something like Beyonce and Friends or some shit. I was not expecting that. Um, but during the Houston, Houston, Texas, uh, during the Houston uh, stop of the show, uh, Beyonce reunited, because there was multiple days, if I'm not mistaken. The first um, show, she, re- she took pictures with Latoya Luckett, who is now pregnant and glowing, um, and posted those pictures online. And then today came pictures of her, which I'm guessing was from the second stop. I don't know if it was, it might have been the same day, but she was wearing different clothes, so I don't think it was the same day. Um, of her and Latavia. And the reason why I wanted to discuss this is because there is, there's always so many jokes in regards to the original Destiny's Child members. And there's always so much, they always get so much flack and people always talk, you know, down on them. And I think it's beautiful to see where they've, come to because Beyonce and Latoya and I'm sorry yeah Beyonce and Latavia have actually been friends longer than Beyonce and any of the other girls they started together they were friends first they were in girls time first um so for them to have essentially the longest relationship but have what seemed to be the most distant um relationship between all of the girls for me it was really beautiful to see them come to the space where they just could love on each other because i think being able to get over those things and being able to get over what you go through in life and and just come from a place of love is always a beautiful thing to see so i was really happy to see and i and i love latavia i don't like first of all sis has a she's a she has that voice like she's that baritone bass i know we don't really give her much but like if you go back and listen to the first two Destiny's Child albums, she was holding down that bottom note. The entire time. The entire time. time. And if you go back and watch your live performances, like, when they would do, like, gospel stuff, listen to that bottom. Listen to the bottom. That's all Latavia. And she was singing down there. She was giving you very much boys to boys to men. Just real deep and down. Down there. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that they've reunited I personally, I don't know about you, but I personally would not mind all five of them getting together and doing a sh- a short little no, no, no. When it's really yes, yes, you yes. You know, it would be, be cute. It would be cute, you guys. It would be cute, but listen, it's not happening. <laughs> um, it's not. B does not have time to be feeding the other girls, putting a check in their hands. Well, listen, sure, I didn't say go on tour now. We, it could have been like a couple Right, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. And, I'm I'm just saying like there's there are people online saying oh my god a reunion this some like although know. bitch I would oh go god. if they go on tour psh. of course we would go I just I just don't I mean I'm I'm not a you know fucking I'm, I'm not a witch I can't see see the future but you know according to one of her drummers Beyonce is a witch did you see that story I I'm sorry to be, Beyonce Beyonce she's all things. <laughs> she's um, all encompassing yes. so she's all she's all of those things. I just don't see a reunion um, in their future, but I am super elated, like all of us, to see all of the girls still, you know, taking pictures together, posing, cheesing it up. I th- I just think it's it's just a beautiful memento to see that, like a full circle. And it moment, feels genuine. Know. It doesn't feel like oh forced. yeah, it feels so genuine. It feels genuine, and I think that's what I appreciate about it. So I'm I'm happy to see that yeah. growth. We we love that. I we agree. Love that. Um, something else that I love is Steve Harvey's show got canceled. Bye. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, the uh, original American Idol, is actually taking his place and she's getting her own talk show. Um, so they've 
handed Steve Harvey his pink slip. They said, you know, think like the unemployed, act like the homeless. And um, he has to go down to the welfare line. I'm just joking. He don't got to go to nobody's welfare line. But they did give him the pink slip and cancel his show. And like I said, they've blessed Kelly Clarkson with her own. So what are your thoughts on this, Malik? Well, my thoughts are uh, I'm happy to get Steve Harvey misogynistic ass up out of here. Uh, he's problematic as Absolutely. fuck. And he is, um, I want him out of here. Uh, but his show still may get picked up by another network, you guys. So it's, we're not out of the clear yet. <clears throat> um, <laughs> we're not out of the clear quite yet. It may get bought by another network. Um, Kelly Clarkson. Clark- Clarkson. Okay. Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. I'm not. I never really, you know, went up. I never really gagged and lived for her. She I know wasn't she your was the American, American Idol. Idol. Um, but I never really, you know, went up. I think she makes cute songs. I think she has a nice voice. Um, cute girl, I don't beautiful think she's gowns. Much of a, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful gowns. I don't think she's much of a soul singer. Whoa, how, how people stop put it. her up there. I, Kelly sings, okay? She, Have you Kelly ever seen her sing. sing Up to the Mountain? Oh, I didn't say she would. I didn't say she can sing. I said, listen, I don't go up for her. Um, this Splenda soul. I Not need the real Splenda. thing. Um, but kudos. I I think she's gonna do great on her show. I really sure wonder what positive. the show is going to be about. That's what, what I'm, I'm curious is, about. What I'm hearing is it's about like positivity and love and light. Seriously, and about letting her fans know that they that they should be embracing themselves. And 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 I also hear that it's gonna be a lot of um just a affirmations and empowering and i know she's gonna talk a lot about body image which i'm excited about and um so no mess because no oh it won't be no mess it's all gonna be positivity that's boring we need drama the whole thing about her body it's gonna be a lot a lot a lot of a little bit of drama kelly slap somebody (laughs) something i'm joking i'm joking we need to get another (laughs) (laughs) show we do not want love and hip-hop american idol i'm joking i'm joking um but somebody that is glowing and doing a damn thing is Cardi B. Now, she has been okay. in a whole bunch of drama for the past few weeks, but that's all behind her now. Um, the Boricua, well, I'm about to call her Boricua, but she's not a Boricua. She's definitely Dominican. What the fuck was I just, wow. Anyway, Cardi is uh, on the short list, apparently, to perform with Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Now, there's two yeah. things that I want to discuss here. First... I just have to say, there was a lot of uproar in regards to the Super Bowl uh, halftime show with Maroon 5 performing. A lot of people were saying, you know, why didn't Outkast? Or, you know, why did they get Outkast or Ludacris? I saw somebody say Sierra, and I was like, sis. Bitch. We can only one two step, but so damn long. That's not I happening. mean, oh, Sierra could do all of She could do all of <laughs> and that was that would be it. And you know what? I would not be mad at her in a medley of other people, but realistically, that's not happening. Um, but what I was trying to get to is the fact that I thought we were boycotting football. I thought we were done with the NFL. So why are y'all even mad that Maroon 5 is... like? I thought we weren't watching. I mean, I was never watching, but I thought y'all weren't watching. This is what I think. I think this is the Super Bowl that America deserves. This is a Super Bowl that America fucking deserves. Whitewash, 
um a little bit of a little, a little flavor bit of pop, a little flavor just a little a little flavor that's yeah. it that's all you motherfuckers need and deserve seriously we don't need to be up there performing giving y'all creativity something else that y'all could hate on and take and steal no no more no this is this is what y'all deserve i agree now i, I, I no. do want to say this how do you feel about the impending traffic that is going to hit atlanta when the Super Bowl comes, because bitch, y'all are gonna be stuck on the road for all of eighty four. How years. I feel is, luckily, I live downtown. My apartment is, is attached to a to a, uh, a hotel. Malik's which is new apartment is very nice. A train station, and I will be monitoring it. Marta, Marta is gonna be the ooh. Marta is gonna be the ghetto. Ooh, it's gonna be so many niggas. Ciao, Marta is. Let me tell you, I don't even live in Atlanta sometimes. anymore, and I have anxiety for y'all. <laughs> like it is going to be <laughs> so bad because Atlanta traffic is already like top two worst traffic in the world, and like in the world, which is and crazy. now you have to 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 squeeze a few million. Like because I remember when when my hotel was getting ready for the Super Bowl. Like we did. Well, my old property was getting ready for the Super Bowl. And they were talking about the rates and how many people to expect. And literally all of ESPN is staying at my old my old property. Everyone from ESPN is going to be staying at my old property for the Super Bowl. And like... What are the rates going who, for? A lot. One of our... Uh, one of their... I keep saying our. But one of their suites um, looks directly into the arena. Um, the, the, the dome. And that shit is going to be going for like $12,000 a night. Uh, $15,000 a night. It's It's insane. It's insane. So Atlanta, please get get ready for those of y'all that work downtown. Whew! May the force be with you because I don't know how the hell y'all are gonna survive. But Sheesh. shout out to Cardi B. I hope she gets a cute little moment. I hope they let her perform Bodak Yellow because that is my shit. That little bitch, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these red boxes, these bloody shoes. So yes, um, that's it for this week's show. Uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. As always, please be sure to tell a friend about the show. Please be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, yes, we have a lot of things coming in the future. Just please be patient with us. Over the next six months, Malik and I, as well as the podcast, will be going through a lot of changes, a lot of growth, and... Yep. Oh, one more thing. Nathan is an ashy-ass nigga for ghosting my girl on Insecure. I just want to say that. Oh, my God. Did you God. see that? Let me tell you something. Oh, let me see. It broke my heart. But I knew it. Once a ghoster, you guys always a ghoster. Remember that, that. shit broke my heart. Remember that. I was that. so pissed. Because she gave him that good Ferris wheel pussy and he just gonna... just gonna do her like that? Now, some people are saying that they think they think he's in jail. You think so? They're saying that they think he reported the incident, right, with Lyft uh-huh. and turned him, and turned himself in and that's why but he's But why wouldn't he hit her up and be like, hey, this is what's going on? Because he's a ghoster. Because in his mind, it's better if... He disappears. just remember d- disappears. Like last episode, he said that. Oh, well, I thought I came on too strong. Like, so, so obviously uh, in his mind, he, get, maybe he gets he's falling he gets back in his a little. Head. Huh? So maybe he's fa- choosing to fall. That's stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 
Also, Lawrence is gonna work it Lawrence out. Is so fine. Oh my gosh, I I don't know how I feel about him coming back. Though. You know what? I I don't either. Like when when the episode ended and it panned to him and he was there, I was like, ooh, because. Part of me I just feel, feels I, like they're meant to be together, but then the other part of me is like, "Girl, let it go." Girl, let it go. But he's is so in a whole fine, new place though. now. She's just now trying to like. She's just now trying to reestablish herself. Like she quit yeah. her job. Now she's doing a new job. Like she needs to cement herself somewhere. I don't think looking back, going back to um, what's his Lawrence. name? Blue Lawrence Daniel. I'm, sorry. I'm thinking his. his his name. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking of his name from the game. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't think that Lawrence. He's like solidified. You know. I don't, I feel like if I feel like if if he comes back in her life, it's gonna be to like disrupt and like almost like get her too comfortable. Like he's working. He has a place. He's well off. He's making money. I don't want them to get back together and Issa not be able to go to the next level. Hmm. How do you feel about the whole, um, since we're discussing Insecure, we might as well discuss that shit. Um, Molly's situation and, and Dro. Because. You know what? Because for me personally, like, when she tried to interact with him and he had, like, all the attitude in the world. Like, I don't know how you in the wrong, but you got attitude. Like. Because he, he wanted to continue to, like have power He's that's so why he got so upset he got that's why he got so upset when she told him that they couldn't be together anymore like he he still wants to have his cake and eat it and too. mind you his cake is pregnant so bitch you good and right? it also makes me wonder how long has she been pregnant was molly sleeping with him while she was pregnant and then does she know because if not not only was molly sleeping with a married man she was sleeping with a married man who had a pregnant wife the the wife definitely knows that molly's fucking you think her so man. i absolutely know she knows i women can women can smell it a mile away she knows for sure she knows mm. i believe it well I guess hopefully I just want to say also Kelly's a legend. I stand Kelly. Uh, she's hilarious. Oh, I love her. Beyonce or bust. Yes, she's, she's Beyonce or fucking hilarious. bust. That's a whole like. <laughs> she's hilarious. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's actually it for this week's episode, guys. Again, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. Ciao.